Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. The mighty St. Lawrence River is a large waterway in the middle latitudes of North America, flowing from Lake Ontario in a northeasterly direction into the world's largest estuary, the Gulf of St. Lawrence. The river connects the Great Lakes to the North Atlantic Ocean and forms the primary drainage outflow of the Great Lakes Basin. Its drainage area is the world's largest system of freshwater lakes. The basin covers parts of Ontario and Quebec in Canada, parts of Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, Vermont, and nearly the entirety of the state of Michigan in the United States. The river becomes tidal around Quebec City. The river traverses the Canadian provinces of Ontario and Quebec, as well as the state of New York, and is part of the international boundary between Canada and the USA. It also provides the basis for the commercial St. Lawrence Seaway. The Vikings explored the Gulf of St. Lawrence in the 11th century and were followed by 15th and early 16th century European fishermen and mariners, such as John Cabot. The first European explorer known to have sailed up the St. Lawrence River itself was Jacques Cartier. At that time, the land along the river was inhabited by the St. Lawrence Iroquoians. Because Cartier arrived in the estuary on St. Lawrence's feast day of August 10, 1535, he named it the Gulf of St. Lawrence. The epic voyages of this titan of history have become legendary and are well worth a close study. With the help of our friends at LibriVox, let's continue this fascinating story. From Anticosti, which Cartier named the Island of the Assumption, the ships sailed across to the Gaspé side of the Gulf, which they saw on August 16th, and which was noted to be a land full of very great and high hills. According to the information of his Indian guides, he had now reached the point beyond which extended the great kingdom of Saguenay. The northern and southern coasts were evidently drawing more closely together, and between them, so the Indians severed, lay a great river. There is, wrote Cartier in his narrative, between the southerly lands and the northerly, about thirty leagues distance, and more than two hundred fathoms depth. The said men did, moreover, certify unto us that there was the way and beginning of the great river of Hochilaga, and ready way to Canada, which river the farther it went, the narrower it came, even unto Canada, and that then there was fresh water, which went so far upwards that they had never heard of any man who had gone to the head of it, and that there was no other passage but with small boats. The announcement that the waters in which he was sailing led inward to a fresh-water river brought to Cartier not the sense of elation that should have accompanied so great a discovery, but a feeling of disappointment. A fresh-water river could not be the westward passage to Asia that he had hoped to find, and, interested though he might be in the rumored kingdom of Saguenay, it was with reluctance that he turned from the waters of the gulf to the ascent of the great river. Indeed, he decided not to do this until he had tried by every means to find the wished-for opening on the coast of the gulf. Accordingly, he sailed to the northern shore and came to the land among the seven islands, which lie near the mouth of the St. Marguerite River, about eighty-five miles west of Anticosti, the Round Islands, Cartier called them. 
Here, having brought the ships to a safe anchorage, riding in twenty fathoms of water, he sent the boats eastward to explore the portion of the coast towards Anticosti, which he had not yet seen. He cherished a last hope that here, perhaps, the westward passage might open before him. But the boats returned from the expedition with no news other than that of a river flowing into the gulf in such volume that its water was still fresh three miles from the shore. The men declared, too, that they had seen fishes shaped like horses, which, so the Indians said, retired to the shore at night and spent the day in the sea. The creatures, no doubt, were walruses. It was on August 15th that Cartier had left Anticosti for the Gaspe shore. It was not until the 24th that, delayed by the exploring expeditions of the boats, and by heavy fogs and contrary winds, he moved out from the anchorage at the Seven Islands to ascend the St. Lawrence. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The season was now far advanced. By this time, doubtless, Cartier had realized that the voyage would not result in the discovery of the passage to the east. But, anxious not to return home without having some success to report, he was, in any case, prepared to winter in the new land. Even though he did not find the passage, it was better to remain long enough to explore the lands in the basin of the great river than to return home without adding anything to the exploits of the previous voyage. The expedition moved westward up the St. Lawrence, the first week's sail bringing them as far as the Saguenay. On the way, Cartier put in at Bic Islands, and christened them in honor of St. John. Finding here but scanty shelter and a poor anchorage, he went on without further delay to the Saguenay, the mouth of which he reached on September 1st. Here this great tributary river, fed from the streams and springs of the distant north, pours its mighty waters between majestic cliffs into the St. Lawrence, truly an impressive sight. So vast is the flood that the great stream in its wider reaches shows a breadth of three miles, and in places the waters are charted as being more than eight hundred and seventy feet deep. Narrowing at its mouth, it enters the St. Lawrence in an angry flood, shortly after passing the vast and frowning rocks of Cape Eternity and Cape Trinity, rising to a height of fifteen hundred feet. High up on the face of the cliffs, Cartier saw growing huge pine trees that clung earthless to the naked rock. Four canoes danced in the foaming water at the river mouth. One of them made bold to approach the ships, and the words of Cartier's Indian interpreters 
so encouraged its occupants that they came on board. The canoes, so these Indians explained to Cartier, had come down from Canada to fish. Cartier did not remain long at the Saguenay. On the next day, September 2nd, the ships resumed their ascent of the St. Lawrence. The navigation at this point was by no means easy. The river here feels the full force of the tide, whose current twists and eddies among the great rocks that lie near the surface of the water. The ships lay at anchor that night off Hare Island. As they left their moorings at dawn of the following day, they fell in with a great school of white whales disporting themselves in the river. Strange fish indeed, these seemed to Cartier. They were headed like greyhounds, he wrote, and were as white as snow, and were never before of any man seen or known. Four days more brought the voyagers to an island, a goodly and fertile spot covered with fine trees, and among them so many filbert trees that Cartier gave it the name Isle aux Coudres, the Isle of Filberts. Which it still bears. On September 7th, the vessel sailed about thirty miles beyond Isle aux Coudres and came to a group of islands, one of which, extending for about twenty miles up the river, appeared so fertile and so densely covered with wild grapes hanging to the river's edge, the Cartier named it the Isle of Bacchus. He himself, however, afterwards altered the name to the Island of Orleans. These islands marked the beginning of the country known as Canada. As mentioned, the St. Lawrence River is partly within the United States and as such is that country's sixth oldest surviving European place name. Until the early 17th century, the French used the name Rivière du Canada or Canada River to designate the St. Lawrence upstream to Montreal and the name Ottawa River after Montreal. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying visuals, including maps, charts, timelines, photos, illustrations, and diagrams. Please consider supporting our History of North America series in the following ways. Join our growing community on Patreon. We offer lots of membership benefits, including artworks and books. Receive an ebook welcome gift upon joining. Donate with PayPal and also receive an ebook. I've written many historical nonfiction and fiction books, including exciting international historical mystery and suspense thrillers. One of the main characters in my Denari novel series is a French genealogist named Andre Barthélemy. All my books are available in print and digital format on Amazon. All links appear in this show's description and on our website at markvinet.com. Spread the word to family and friends. And remember, all positive ratings, reviews, feedback, and comments are appreciated. This helps us expand our audience. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. 
Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.